0: Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Pesach and Chana. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
1: It's nice to be here.
0: Yeah. Look, today we've got one mic, two mics. The third mic, we're having a little bit of an audio problem, but we'll figure it all out. You guys just have to be closer, very close to each other. Let's all get close. Yeah, if, it takes, <laughs>
2: if it takes a bunch of broken microphones to bring everybody close, I think we should do it.
0: Amen. Amen. So I'll just like paint the picture a little bit. We're, we're here in, on your Mir Peset. We're looking at the beautiful valley between Efrat and Neve Daniel.
2: You guys, this is an incredible view. Incredible we'll, we'll, view.
0: We'll input some pictures here. <laughs> this is just like the, this beautiful scenic spot. And I was telling you guys off camera, I just like really appreciate this unique little spot here in the Dakel neighborhood. So, like, I want to l- learn a little bit about the Deckel neighborhood. We have representatives from every neighborhood here on the podcast. So, um, why don't you guys just we'll start off? Maybe explain to me um, how you got to the Deckel neighborhood and um, and what you like about this place.
1: All right, I I found this house, I think, on Facebook. Yeah, I'm like. On Facebook we've been living here for almost a year, so it must have been two and a half years ago. I saw this when we were thinking about moving to a We yeah. were in
2: like a ninety square meter two bedroom two and a half bedroom apartment at the time with uh, seven it was us and and seven kids
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and
1: it? uh and so we we I saw this and I saw some pictures. The videos didn't look so good to me, so I kind of forgot about it right and then a year later, when we were like, okay, it's time to move to a What have we got i saw someone posted for a like a seven bedroom cottage and i said let's go check it out and we came here i saw the guy's number and i realized oh my gosh i already have this contact in my phone from a year before wow and i reached out we came we brought our oldest son he's 13 years old and when he came, he goes, oh, my gosh, this is my dream. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> hey, that's what he said. Yeah, wow. he, he said. had a basketball yeah, hoop basketball out in front, hoop. and he oh, was okay. like
2: hardcore basketball fan. Right. And uh-huh. that's like that's all he wanted. And it was adjustable so he could slam dunk. That's, oh, my goodness. It's a big Shit. deal when you're 13. You're going to be able to slam dunk. Is he tall?
1: Not <laughs> extra tall. So <laughs> I know weird. what that's like. He's a <laughs>
2: it's special when you yeah. can lower that basket. There it is. <laughs> it. Aut- automatic height adjustment, yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so so, so we moved here. Yeah, the basketball hoop sold <laughs> it. Um I think the multiple rooms sold it. Sure. We, we were all in spectacular view. And then the views, yeah, we saw these these patios and it's it's just serene and yeah. it's so quiet. Right. I remember right when we moved here, we were just like, I said, Pesach, do you hear that? It's silence. <laughs> It's, the silence was so loud right it was so beautiful and the breeze was so nice the
0: silence was so loud yeah. i love that yeah i love that
1: well when you have seven eight seven eight kids you, you know appreciate <laughs> when those, it's quiet, quiet it's moments. louder sure, sure. than when, when it's chaotic and we also sometimes. have
2: behind you over your left shoulder there's like a little area where the kids some, i think some kids before us built a tree house up there and our kids um, added to it a bit made some improvement, yeah, improvements was, I, I drive by I see the blanket
0: yeah. up there who brought the blanket up there because that's that's unique that's special when you get the blanket up there you know they're spending
2: time up there I'll tell you I don't dare venture up there so much I went up a little bit but like I think maybe I'm a little bit too heavy for that tree house no I got
1: Look ruined it. in the snowstorm also yeah. yeah but you know what we did we
2: built a fire pit there was right. a bunch of like these bricks just strewn about, right. and we built this circular fire pit. I had the kids like dig a little bit into the ground and then like yeah. set the stones in there, and we put the bricks all around it, and uh, it made for a nice uh, family bonding experience, I'd say. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: I love the uh, the little nooks and and crannies of a frat. These little corners, like off off the side or behind like a row of houses, you know, just near the valley or just, you know, these little spots like you're, you're talking about right yeah. here.
2: And also we have the forest on the other side of David Melech, We yeah. have a little bit of a Ya'aron, right. a small forest where it's just a great place to take a walk at any time of day or night, especially right. for yit Yeah. Very, very special place incredibly special and it's like right around the corner or just up the hill i should say Mm -hmm.
1: and then we picked this neighborhood just because you know we're new here and we wanted the kids to be able to go to school easily go to the store across the street the health food store is right there
0: smack in the center of town yeah Uh you could go to the 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 south Right. You could go to the north. Uh-huh. It's all walkable. Right. You know. Yep. If you have friends in in the northern neighborhoods, you could walk there. If you have friends in the southern neighborhoods, you could walk there. Exactly. It's very easy, accessible. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And the stores, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I love a health food store. Right. <laughs> health food stores. Where <laughs> so I let's get into that there. a little <laughs> bit
0: because you, you're otherwise known as Chef Rara.
1: That's right. And uh, you
0: know what? I just want to back up a little bit. We'll get to Chef Rara. I met you guys in the most unique, special way. Yeah. We we had both had children together in the same hospital, right. small little boutique,
1: beautiful, comfortable place mm-hmm. with a great atmosphere. Saint Joseph's greatest hospital. Any woman, I I highly recommend so that experience. Everybody was so sweet. So sweet there. Yeah,
2: it's like it's like you have the delivery room all to yourself for hours. We were in there for what like. 12 hours. Yeah, they afterwards. gave us a
1: bedside crib to take home. They give us like goodie bags. Yeah. Like a baby's not enough. Right. They also give you a pack right. and play.
2: The best of the pack and yeah,
1: play. Yeah, we that's still not use just that. Any oh, pack you pack and play, guys? Too, huh? yeah. yeah,
0: oh my gosh. We but call, that, we call that the nest. That's my
1: only thing. By why oh. are they all blue? I had a girl. I want a pink one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they call it a nest. Well, no, we call yeah. it our nest because oh, that's where our Hody, our, our daughter, stores all of her things. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, it's a good spot. So it's her nest. We throw all the toys there and it's her little spot in our house. Oh, guys. All these attachments, too. It's not just like a regular pack right. and play. It comes uh-huh. with
0: the, the baby attachment. You could change diapers uh-huh. on it. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, so that was the Directions,
0: bit. I
2: didn't quite understand the directions yeah, so well for certain things. Yeah, also. a little bit the a first bit, time. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. I wonder who translated. Yeah, I, like I left it open. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think everyone did. <laughs> so I think they, you taught a few people how they, to open it. They
2: plug whatever language <laughs> it's in into Google Translate to English, yeah. and then it's just, you know, whatever hodgepodge comes out. It's usually it's a couple of pictures, you know
1: it's okay. awesome
0: yeah I know we're talking about the pack and play a little bit much but the best part of the pack <laughs> and play my favorite part of the pack and play yes. the, yeah, the zipper the, zipper. Yeah, the tunnel the I've climbed in there okay <laughs> I've done it because it's worth it's like you just gotta do That's that it's great yeah
2: uh-huh. I have to share it's a little bit heartbreaking because uh, our zipper broke
1: no, the zipper to the bag. He's talking about the zipper that the little hole to Yeah, get into no, it. I'm
2: talking about that one too. Uh-oh. That also broke. Oh, is it's broken. This is the first time yeah. she's hearing about this. I didn't, about I this. didn't know. About I didn't him. know there was a reason. To <laughs> sh- she's not happy. Yeah. <laughs> normally, I normally if anything dun, happens, dun, I usually.
1: <laughs> <dun>. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. I think of a deal I think but now it'll be you okay. think about it.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no why we never close it.
2: That's exactly why I didn't say anything cuz yeah. why? Right. I'm Isn't not
1: I? mad yeah. for all of you out there. Right. <laughs> I'm not she mad. She cares
2: about her zippers?
1: <laughs>
0: Look, you know, it's it's a special pack and play. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the theme of this podcast, that pack and
1: play. That's right.
0: Um, Chef Rara. Yeah. yeah. Um tell us a little bit about about so from what I understand and what I have been seeing like you you basically um, you help people learn how to eat healthily and easily. I think that's a that's that's like a real important part to it. Because like every many everybody wants to eat healthy. We all want to eat healthy. The trick is like making it work, you know, yeah. and I don't know
1: like. Sure. So it's about making it work and also exploring our relationship with food. So I'm a food coach and a food therapist. Yeah. Uh, so we explore the emotional relationship we have to food. Yeah. And then I actually teach you how to make food that's delicious and good for you. My that's philosophy awesome. is really about adding more color to your plate. So it's not about taking anything away from your diet. It's just about adding healthy habits to whatever you're already doing and then learning how to listen to your body when it tells you what it wants so that you can honor and respect that. Because no matter what our mind says, whatever philosophies we have in our mind, I think we get caught up in trends and, and listening to our mind saying, no, that's not good or that's bad or I'm not supposed to do that but our body talks also and people forget to listen to that and right. I think that we have to honor that just as much right so I I do coaching and therapy I also I'm a narrative therapist mm-hmm. so I do therapy in any topic but I, I do specialize in food therapy right. and and cooking and it's great yeah I got the name chef Rara because I was working for Whole Foods Market in Venice Beach California okay. and I had my own raw food prepared section but raw wasn't a thing yet so i needed to make it a thing so i picked up the intercom this huge store and i just go lady gaga you know she's got her song so i pick up the intercom and i go raw, 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 raw. Awesome. come to the raw bar where today i'm sampling raw apple pie i didn't ask for permission to do that in this store of like thousands of people that's what it takes
2: to make it big you just gotta go for it right
1: and I looked to my left and I saw three of the managers walking towards me <laughs> oh boy <laughs> and I was like uh, and I looked to my right and there were like 20 people walking my way and then they looked that way also they saw the 20 people they looked at me they put their hands up and they said do your thing chef rah rah that's and awesome. that's how I got my name <laughs> that's awesome yeah and also with the coaching it's like I'm your cheerleader rah 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 right. you know I, I'm on your side
0: that's what I hear. I hear it. I hear that part of it. Like when I heard raw rah, I wasn't
1: thinking raw raw. I was thinking rah rah. And that's it's become it's become more that actually. Yeah. It's become more about that. I'm not raw food myself. I'm I love yeah. raw vegetables. I used to hate yeah. them. Right. You couldn't force me to eat anything green as a kid. Right. And now I'm like I love it. Right. Sure. <laughs> so it's, lay at, lay at, you know, yeah. we have our whole life to build healthy habits. It's just people think we have to change everything all at once. And right. my goal is to hold your hand through the journey right. slowly so you can be dependent on me for a little while and then you're independent. It's, right. People forget, you know, a lot of my clients that come in, they they think that that once they lose weight, they'll gain it back again. Mm. because. They're used to yo-yoing, mm-hmm. these yo-yo diets. And oh, yeah. and the thing is, if you build healthy habits and you learn how to just be mindful and aware through exploring together, um, then the weight doesn't come back. That's right. that's a limiting belief that we can just let go of.
0: Right. I feel like there's like a lot of these things like in life together that we have where um, we, we try to be mindful of them. But there's only so much you can carry in your bag at any one given point. Sure. And I feel like... So if I'm not yo-yoing with food, it may be with something else or whatever it is. Like what, like advice or like um, what? What would you have to say like to that kind of thing? Like you know, you can't you can't juggle everything. You know, you can't have it all. You just got to kind of like do your best. You know, like what would you say to someone who's saying, "Hey, look, I'm trying to eat right, but I simply you know I got I got I got eight kids at home. <laughs> you know, um, my husband's up all night writing Sifrei Torah." i don't understand what's going on i don't have mm-hmm. um and um you know how do i manage how do i manage my my healthy eating habits when i'm like i have all this other stuff i'm trying to juggle
2: well before we get into the real answer i'm okay. just gonna offer a little uh introduction that uh generally first thing you got to know is that life that is you
0: don't it doesn't take a whole night to to a little bit longer
2: <laughs> but that being said um Sorry. it's i think it keeping in mind that life is just one big adjustment. Every part of life, it's always changing. It's always in flux and in motion. And so, you know, one moment I might be working on, on, on my diet. Another moment I might be working on my relationship with my children. And and so that's what makes life so creative, dynamic, um, and and it can be fun too, yeah. you know, as long as you can keep up with the ride. And, and I think that uh, that's at least – I would say overall is like healthy perspective before we get into the nitty gritty of what it's about like keeping things into perspective right
1: right and well tachlis like tachlis when you take a bite of food put your fork down And chew your food and try not to pick up the fork
0: until you've swallowed. (laughs) That's a good tool. Not the fork, but the idea of
2: putting it down. There's so many Rabbi Nachman Torahs, too, in my wife's teachings. It's incredible. There's like the the amazing blend of Torah in what she's doing. Like, your your work is Torah. I mean, because all, finding the nekudot tovot is adding color to your plate. It's not about taking anything away, but just seeing the nekudot tovot, seeing the healthy things, the, adding the, the parts that, that should be there in order to give us that vibrant energy that we're looking for. Right. And also Rabbi Nachman had the habit of um, putting his fork down between every bite. He'd, he'd pick up his fork, you know, take a bite, put his fork down, chew, 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 chew thoroughly, and then pick up the fork when it was time for the next bite.
1: Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I mean, well, that's one of the one of the many things I love about our relationship is that you help me bring the Torah into everything that I'm doing because I'm doing the tachlis and you are doing the spiritual aspect, just helping me bring the two together. So, you know, that's a dream of bringing the bringing having like Torah cooking classes so at sweet. some point. Yeah, it's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah!
2: Wow! Bring it! Bring it together! Yeah,
1: that's that's, that's what it's about. That's Pesach,
0: about. Where, where are you from? What do you where, where do you hail from? I hail from. Well, I
2: was born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. <laughs> I was all of two years old when my parents picked up and moved to Florida. My father, um, at the time, he was finishing up a, a master's in business at the University of Southern Mississippi, and he was also a reform rabbi. And he got a job as a leader of a congregation in Hollywood, Florida. Yeah. So I grew up there. I uh, went to college in Gainesville. And during that time, I kind of had a, I guess, a, a reawakening where all the stuff that I learned in high school, going to private Jewish day school as well, where they taught me kind of like the nitty gritty, the nuts and bolts. I found it fulfilling, but it was more focused on like what to do and less on like what it's really about. And if they did talk about what it's about, then it was more based on like, Reasons, psychological, you know, like, uh, okay, like, the reason why we do this every day is to remember that we left rhyme. Okay, but is it just to remember, or is it to? Is there something more that makes it more alive? Mm-hmm. And I was reawakened to how alive our Yiddishkeit is, and so that kind of set me off on a new journey to explore. I got involved with Gators for Israel, which was University of Florida's uh, um, pro-Israel, you know, uh, campus organization that. Give me a chance to explore a little bit, take some trips to Israel. And also I went for my bar mitzvah for the first time. So all of these had a tremendous impact on me, but only later on. And then also in college, I started having, I had this one very vivid dream that had to do with safruth. And it was a clear indication to me that there's something else brewing under the surface inside. But who is going to show me how to connect with all that stuff that's going on inside? I didn't get the tools for that from my day school experience. Right. And college was completely different focus, the academic, the academic side of it, and also just like partying and socializing, and having fun, I love socializing. Yeah. Um, but what's going on inside? And, and I had a couple of aha moments where it set me on my path to Israel and just all along the way meeting different people that I, I learned that it's not so much a small world, as it is a round world that the world is pretty big but we just keep coming around and around again to different points where hey who's on my journey this part you know and haven't we been on this ride before you and me so Beautiful. that's a little bit of my story for now sweet <laughs> sweet
0: when did you when did you come to israel when did you get to israel
2: um the well my first the first time i was here was when i was 13 okay um and then i made Aliyah unofficially when I was 24. So that was 2004. Right. And officially in 2005, which was all around the summer of the hit Kut, the disengagement. in right. And Gush time. Katif. And, you know, it's this amazing thing which also is very Jewish about holding both the happy and the sad, the good and the bad together at the same time. Like at the Pesach Seder when we do yachatz and we're holding these two halves. And hazoim bedima berina yitzoru like you know, those who those who sow in, in sorrow will reap with joy. Reb Shlomo translated a little bit differently. He said, those who sow and reap, do it with joy. So you have to, or excuse me, he says, those who sow and reap, those who sow with tears and joy will reap. Mm-hmm. And that's how it would be in English. Mm-hmm. In other words, like the emphasis is on the whole process and being connected with both sides of it. Coming to Israel during a time when, there's a national calamity and families are being torn apart it's it's tremendously heartbreaking on the one side but at the same time when something's going on in your family could you imagine yourself being anywhere else but home and the same thing with recently with what what's been going on in marone and the terrible tragedy and do we have any idea what's been happening right and yet like at the most at the same time while there's this heartbreak and tragedy and and loss of life seeing people from all Persuasions from from what they would define as being um, uh, secular versus religious, everybody's just coming together as one family. People are donating blood, any way people are visiting shiva houses, any way that we can express how connected we are. And what better place than the land of Israel when we really really experience it? So true, so true. You know, I was I was talking to someone uh, recently this week, and
0: I was saying like. This time in this situation, I chose to feel this, and I know I could have been numb, but, you know, almost like when you're living in Eretz unfortunately, these types, of similar. you know, there are things that happen that affect everybody because, like you said, we're all brothers and sisters, and um, sometimes you just want to, like, kind of, like, block it out a little bit because you feel like, you know, if, if, if I let this in, then I won't be able to handle my day or I won't be able to handle my week or whatever it is. But I don't know if that's right or wrong.
2: (laughs) I mean, but,
0: but, you know, I was just saying I chose to feel it. Right. And I really, you know, once you choose to feel something, you really feel it and it really affects you. Yeah. And I'm glad, though. I'm really glad because it's it's exactly like what you were saying. This is what makes living here meaningful and special is that we're really one big family. Mm -hmm. We don't always get along all the time and we don't always (laughs) believe in the same things. You're a vegan, I eat meat. I'm not a know? vegan. You're not a vegan. <laughs> no, it's a, She's misconception. Not a vegan. It's
1: I am not a vegan. <laughs> I love vegetables, <laughs> but when my body wants meat, I'll eat it.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. <laughs>
1: okay. Now, yeah. first. I do specialize yeah. in making gluten-free and vegan food, especially desserts. Yes. That's my thing. But I will eat what my body tells me to eat. I, I want to he-
0: I wanna hear more about that. I'm just going to yeah. finish up on this yeah. thought. Um, so, you know... We're all different, and um, we come together, like you're saying, during these times. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of, um, of, of living here and having that, of having that benefits. Thanks for bringing it up, anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay, so (laughs) you what kind of meat do you eat? And (laughs) no, no, because I think it's important. Like you know, you can eat you can eat meat and do it right, and then you can also do it in a way where it's not healthy.
1: Right. So I think one of my biggest things is um, pick your battles. Yeah. So it's hard to find high quality meat, especially when your body tells you. Like if my body says I want meat right now, first of all, like sit with that for a minute because. Why do I want it? Sometimes I just have to explore it. Mm-hmm. Do I really want meat? Do I want like the steak that my dad used to make? Maybe I just need to call my dad. I don't right. even want the steak. You know, it's oh, like we, there's things uh, to explore. with it. Totally. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing I do. And then otherwise, just in the background, my family used to own a kosher and non-kosher beef processing plant. Okay. So I had my own line of kosher beef that I was selling. Oh, wow. I said, if I'm going to eat meat, I want to know where it came from. Right. So what better way than to have my own line? I, I drove a truck really? filled with meat, a freezer truck wow. in Colorado. I used to set it up at different shuls. I'm yeah. from Denver. And I would set it up. It was called the Denver Kosher Shook. Wow. I'd drive my truck to a shul, yeah. pull out a table, pull out a, 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 a printer, you know, to make invoices and just fill the table with meat, and people would come and buy directly from me. That's, Gee, that's great. I started happening way before it became a thing. You right. Know, this was <laughs> a delivery was like, truck. I heard it here <laughs> first. <you know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's it was always important for me to bring things to the people. Also, there is so much with um, kashrut and the different types of meat. My my dad got into kosher beef because he said, you know, if my, if i used to live on a farm and i had two cows and i killed one of them and then the rabbi told me it wasn't kosher oh, what wow. now i just now what
0: yeah what do i you do know
1: what do that? i do with all that meat why did i just kill that cow wow. so the different levels of kashrut became such a thing that i created a line of regular kosher what one would call so it's a kosher shchita, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't it wasn't mahadrin or uh, glat or okay. Beit yosef mm-hmm. it was just like regular kosher. And I had a Chabad Kashrut. They, they gave me the stamp in Colorado. Yep. Wow. So it was amazing. But I said there's all this meat that otherwise would have gone to non-kosher. Because right. the interesting thing, not that we need to go so much into the meat industry, but, you know, 40% of the cow is kosher. That means the whole hind quarter, which is 60%, is not kosher. Wow. And now of that 40% in the front quarter, you can only, only of that, of all the cattle that you kill, about only 40 to 60% passes as kosher. Wow. So all the rest of that meat goes to not kosher. Wow! But if it's kosher, just not glot kosher. Yeah. Because it was a kosher shchita. Yeah. That's a ton of meat still to sell. Right. I said there's no there's no reason if the same rabbi is doing the check and doing the shchita right. just because it's not glot, so it's not kosher. Everyone right. holds to different levels, and I respect everyone's different levels. But sure. it's about being humane. Right. You know. So there's also um, the wow, I'm forgetting her name. Grandin is her last name. And I, I apologize. I'm, I'm a mom of eight now. I just had two babies in the last two years, <laughs> yeah, so um, forgive me for forgetting her name. But there's like a way that the that the shchita house is set up where the animals aren't in stress, okay. and so it's approved by her to say that the animal doesn't realize that they're going to mm-hmm. to be um, shechted, mm-hmm. or if we say harvested. In the it's the politically the correct way to say oh, it in the oh, industry. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, But anyway, so the meat that I would eat, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I prefer organic antibiotic hormone free just because my body is really sensitive. That's how I got into my health journey in the first place. I was really sick. I lost all of my hair. Mm -hmm. I had stomach issues. Uh, I couldn't eat anything. mm -hmm. And I would feel like when I would eat meat that was just pumped with antibiotics, I would sweat through the night and be really angry and kind of mean the next day that I would tell people not to be around me. Right. And so now I try to have high quality. Otherwise, I eat, if something sounds really good to me, and I realize it's what my body wants, I'll eat it, and I move on. And it's not such a thing. I don't need to think about it after that, because I respected my body, and now I move on. Right. As long as there are colors on my plate, too. Like, our body knows what to do. Our body is so wise. We've just lost touch with it.
0: Mm -hmm. There's like this instinctual thing you're saying where your body's saying, like, yeah, that... That thing over there, that's going to be good for me.
1: There's a cool thing. I I used to run a cafe. I I started a health cafe in Jerusalem, which is actually where Pesach and I met. I can tell you about that in a second. Um, But I would sell juices. I had a line of juices and people would come in and say, well, which one should I have? And so I would tell them, close your eyes. What color do you see? Purple, orange, or green? And then whatever color they saw, that's your body talking to you. So even if you don't have juices in front of you, you can do that. Take a second, close your eyes, let your body talk, and just be open to listening. Mm -hmm. And the thing I think it's important to know that if you've been ignoring your body for 30 years, it may not talk right away. That doesn't mean you should stop trying.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, also, though, how do you know what is, you know, you said in your ways and you thinking what you need as opposed to what your body's kind of really saying?
1: If you close your eyes and you see a color, that's your body talking. You're not thinking anything there. Right. Right. And even if you are thinking of specifically about a color, that everything comes from Hashem. Even our thoughts come from Hashem. So you have an idea about something that's not your idea. Hashem planted that idea for you. Mm-hmm. Now you have to move out of the way to let Hashem provide that for you. Mm-hmm. But we get so stuck in our heads. Everything's yeah. in our heads and nothing in our heads is real. Right. Everything can change so quickly. That's true.
0: That's absolutely true. <laughs> The truth, preach it, sister.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm all about that. Just moving out of our own way. That's how I got to Israel. I booked a ticket. I was walking on the streets of Portland, Oregon.
0: Yeah,
1: by myself, three in the morning. I was get like,
0: to Portland. What was the uh,
1: after about? I worked in at Whole Foods in California? Yeah. I was living in the Moisha house. Okay. So I. Um, there were moisha house is a non organization yeah. aimed for jews between the ages of like 22 and 35 yeah. post-college pre-marriage ish okay. to build community oh cool so there are four of us that lived in a house the moisha house helps they give you a stipend um to to pay for the house and then you have to throw events to build jewish community oh. and they're all over the united states wow. there's one in jerusalem they're actually all over the world it's amazing mm-hmm. And so I lived in this house. I lived in the house in California. And then a friend of mine who used to live in the house with me in California moved to a Portland house and told me that I needed to move there and live in the house with their, with yeah. them and build a community in Portland. And so I got a job with Whole Foods in Portland and mm-hmm. moved to Portland. And uh, it was Sudat Mashiach. I was walking home from a Chabad, you know, Sudah. At yeah, the
0: end of Pesach.
1: Right. At the end of Pesach, you're supposed to have four cups of wine and think about the Mashiach each time. And if you don't, then you need another cup of wine <laughs> to think about the Mashiach. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so who knows how many cups I had. And I'm walking in the streets at three in the morning. And I said, Hashem, if I, if I uh, am afraid to walk in the streets of Jerusalem, then I should be afraid here. But if I'm not afraid here, then even more so, I won't be afraid in, in Israel because you'll be there. Even stronger. And so I said, When should I go? And that night I got an email from an organization that I'd been talking about volunteering with. And every six months they'd send me a full letter. You know, do you want to apply now? I got an email that night that said September 3rd, you win. Wow. That's all it said. Wow. (laughs) And I bought a ticket that night. I bought a one way ticket. Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Hashem speaks that Hashem speaks, we just have to ask. Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> so how did you guys meet at your at 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 the store? Like what how, what transpired? How'd that go down?
2: Well, um, so Han was running the cafe next to the bakery that I was working at, yeah. the Natural Choice Bakery. It's uh, right across from uh, the Open Shuk Machanehuda. Yeah, and uh, incredible people that are just everybody, everybody is working on themselves in such beautiful ways, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. It's like a family business. It's, it's a family, family business. business. They took all the workers in as family. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, and so and so, it's like you know, you have that that family dynamic again where you know some some people think differently than others. Some people are really getting along or hanging out with this brother. That's it, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so I was weighing out the dough, and that's where I was doing my thing for however long each day, and sometimes at an overnight. And Hannah was running the cafe next door, and when I'd get hungry, so I'd go down into the cafe, and they had these cute little sandwiches packaged up that were really healthy, so I could feel good about eating something, you know, that was good for my body. Most of the time, I was just snacking on cookies or pizza. Yeah, but they were, like, healthier cookies. They're healthier. It's true. They're healthier, but everything adds up if, you know, you gotta...
1: No, if you only eat cookies for one meal, like, I... When I was running the cafe, I don't recommend this for everybody, just so you know. Right. But, but for me, I, I was eating their <laughs> yeah. sugar-free cookies. That was basically, I was eating sugar-free cookies and drinking juice. Right. And not sugar-filled juice, vegetable juice. Right. And that was what I would live on. And then I'd have mango for dinner. Right. It's not like a diet that I would recommend to everybody. But again, right. that's what my body wanted. Right. So I'm just saying, don't, don't knock the cookies if that's what you're supposed to have that day
2: got it but all right apparently well, there the was sandwiches a... <laughs> were a level up
1: <laughs> beyond beyond yeah.
2: i mean you know that saying that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach yeah so Nailed i think it. it i think it applies here <laughs> Love yeah it. uh and yeah and but we we were working together and i was coming you know i was a single father of six kids at the time right. and i was like really i wanted to move slow i wasn't exactly on the market looking you know if i'm just trying to you know keep the keep the wheels turning as they say and 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 keep life together for me keep after my children making sure that they were in school and that they were you know enrolled for whatever they need to be enrolled in yeah um and it was a lot and so i wasn't at that point thinking i was ready to take on a relationship right away so my my eyes were not in that place of checking out my coworker.
1: okay but mine were <laughs> <laughs> And that's all that's all you need, folks. That's all you need is one of us.
2: (laughs) But it's actually it was I was the one who actually, um, you know, stepped it up and said, uh, No,
1: excuse me. But (laughs) excuse me. But the first day that Pesach started working at the bakery, I was running the cafe already for like six months. And he was sitting outside greeting Rabbi Nachman. And I was really Hungry for for Torah, yeah. And I didn't, you know, I've been working for a long time. My life is it was based around work, okay. and I had always wanted. All my friends went to seminary and got that that year long, at least, to like really dive in. And and I never had that opportunity because yeah. I had bills, and it just didn't didn't right. line up that way. Um, but so I saw him sitting there reading some Rabbi Nachman, and so I stopped him. I said, "Hey, I'm Chana. You know, if you ever want to share or learn some Rabbi Nachman together." I'd love, I'd love it, and he just kind of rolled his eyes at me, like, "Who is this chick? Like, <laughs> don't you see? I have a beard. I have to, payas. Right, like, why are learning, you approaching me like this?" I was
2: not used to learning Torah with women, right? <laughs> it just wasn't. Yeah. Um, and but like, then
1: he came in every day for lunch, and we just got to know each other as coworkers for two years. And, and yeah, in his mind, just, he's thinking, "I have six kids. Why would somebody like be interested in right. that?"
2: I mean, I wanted that too because i ready.
1: Every yep, night, yeah. thanks.
2: Every night at like two, three in the morning, yeah. after exo- you know feeding the kids dinner and then like packing up lunches sure. for the next day, and then sometimes I'd pass out in bed with them, put you know trying to put them to sleep at nine o'clock at night, and I'd wake up at like two thirty in the morning. I'd have a kitchen to clean and the the food still out on the table, and I just go out to my mirror, peset it afterwards at like three thirty four in the mornings. If you can take all these yidden amkshe or if you can take us out of Mitzrayim. You can definitely set me up with my zivug. You, I, you know, like anything's possible with you. And lo and behold, one day I realized, you know what? I just why not? Like sometimes, it takes getting to this point where what do I have to lose? I realized like I, I can do anything right now. Really, there's no limitations. And I said, pause that. Yeah. Now again, you had just said
0: six kids, making sure everybody's dressed, going to school in the in the in the after school programming. They need to be all the hell things that come up. Um, paying the bills, doctors, yeah, the sure. The day to day, yeah. Keeping the house clean, which is no one thinks about that one, right? But
2: I mean, I'd I'd wash necessary. the floor maybe once every three months, right. but you know,
1: on our first day, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I made
2: sure that it was clean before our khana came yeah. in, and yeah. also the couch, which is otherwise like covered with like grit and grime but from like all had, these little kids. All
1: the kids were younger than ten, mm. eleven years old. Yeah,
2: wow. Yeah. And so, so, like when she came over, so I made sure the couch was covered. So at least on. things were know. a little bit presentable. <laughs> right?
0: wow. Yeah. Wow. And then with all that, you know, with all that on your mind, all that dude, you're like, Hashem, you can make anything happen.
2: Yeah. You do well, that's the thing. You just have to keep on keeping on. Yeah. And Baruch Hashem, I say thank God for for my friends, my family, people that kept me strong and reminded me to believe in myself, and also Rabbi Nachman's Torahs, Rabbi Shlomo. I'm telling you like there's a point where there's two types of Torahs that Shlomo talks about. Shlomo Karlbach says there's two types of, two types of Torahs there's Vetecha and the Torah mm. There's a the kind of Torah that you have when everything's going good and you could sit down and you can take it in and just be with it. That's beshifta You're sitting down in your home. And then there's the Torah You're on your way Maybe you don't even know where you're going or how you're going to get there, but it goes with you on the journey, and that's when it becomes real. And it's not an easy Torah, mm. but if you trust, you have emuna, and you know all these teachings from the holy masters. I, I have the I have the privilege to use it to apply it in my daily life. It's not going to be easy, but to do anything great in life means there's going to be some resistance. Right. So. Am I willing to rise up to that challenge? I didn't move to Eretz Yisrael because I thought, "Oh, it's going to be such an easy life." I didn't want an easy life. I wanted a meaningful life. Right. I wanted a life filled with wisdom, filled with with longing, and filled with aspirations to to not just live up to my potential, but to go beyond my potential.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, wow! And that's wow, what wow. I think. You know, what else are we doing here?
0: Yeah, so true. And then, so now, Hanukkah, Steps into your life, literally says, <laughs> yeah. Pesach, what are you learning? Teach yeah. me teach me a little. And then
1: and- two years later, Pesach walked into the cafe and he said, What time do you get done with work on Tuesday night? And I said, Huh? Why? <laughs> and I said, six o'clock. He why? And he said, I think we should go out. <laughs> <laughs> love and I said, I think it's a good idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so sweet and, and that was it three yeah. months later we
1: were engaged six months later we were married wow for three so months beautiful. and three months out, I don't
2: even know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's we timeless don't, we, yeah, timeless it's all time? one thing I yeah. saw yeah go ahead I, I would say like one of the ways that like I knew that we were soulmates is because um, you know you kind of when you have that familiar feeling like you've known somebody all your life or like they, they get you they just they get it sure you know it's like it, and so of got it she gets she gets it and she gets me and i get her (laughs) that's beautiful (laughs) i love it
0: i love it you know i was i was like uh, flipping through your instagram account and one thing that really hit me like in a beautiful way was how you talk about your kids as your bonus kids yeah i thought that was so nice i thought that was so sweet i have step siblings and i understand you know what it could be and, and 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 how people can perceive things and and how parents can perceive things in, in, you know, in my own way, I understand it a little bit, but the way you look at it is so beautiful. You know, it's like, these are, a, this is my bonus. And you went from no kids. Zero,
1: zero to six. To six. <laughs> to six. <Yep. laughs>
2: you had a little, uh.
1: You had a, a vlog. Yeah. A I vlog. was doing from zero to six video. Yeah. Videos of just like things I was learning about <laughs> being a fly. parent <laughs> on the fly. Yeah. What was that like a little bit? Hi. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine in the beginning it's a little bit overwhelming you know
1: well it used to be we used to have the kids every other day yeah. when we were living in Yerushalayim so it was like like um, a
0: little bit of a yo-yo back total up.
1: yo-yo the up and down it was yeah. like chaos exactly. and then rest and chaos rest chaos rest yeah. and even on the rest days it was like cleaning up whatever messes Not there sure. were and then you know the kids would come over and it was like okay now shower and do your and do your homework yeah. and there was no chance to get to know our 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 kids, sure. Um, and it was a lot, and it was like and for them too. For them, they never had a chance just to. Day. Yeah, they just never had a yeah. chance to, to rest That's and awesome relax. Day. Right. Um, but once we moved here, then we we got the ki- we have the kids with us 100 percent of the time now. Nice. Um, thank God they have a chance to to breathe. To they love Efra. You yeah. want yeah. to hold it? Are they?
0: Are they like they came from? You guys were in Yerushalayim for a, a you know a good period of time. Especially
2: the kids grew up there. The kids yeah. grew up in oh, Yerushalayim. Yeah. So on now they... Street, like right on the main. Oh wow! Abatall yeah. Street. Yeah. Right on like. Right on the main, main area. in wow. the main area. Yeah. Wow. So it's a lot of inundation, a lot of intensity happening, yeah. and it's challenging to raise kids in that environment, sure. especially when they're going back and forth between two houses.
0: By the way, you know what I love is you guys. I feel the Yushalayim vibe when I'm sitting with you guys. <laughs> what does that bit. mean? I don't know. There's like um, there's like a, a – it's like a, sort of like a, a worn positivity. I I say that because it's like you, you've you experienced a lot, you know, but it's like in a bright way. It's like a bright
2: experience. Well, I think we never actually like leave yeah. Lime. We just kind of take it with us wherever we go. Yeah. You know, and just – we send messages of uh of love and peace and compassion from Yerushalayim Yeah. And from the land of Israel. Yeah. You know, like that's what's so special about living here. and, yeah. to, and of course we all have our own stories and, and how and like what brought us to the point in our lives where we chose to leave the comfort of our life elsewhere and or maybe not comfort, I mean it depends, but and to choose a life that's Maybe comfortable, maybe challenging, but like, but it has such a beauty to it that's, I don't know, I don't, I, I only find it here. Yeah. There are other places in the world which are very, very beautiful. Yeah. And very inspiring. But yet it all seems to just come together for me here. In a frat. In a fr- In a <laughs> In a yeah. In the land of Israel. I love the gush. I, lo- I mean... I I,
0: I I love the warmth of it, uh, of things over here. You know, you walk around Rami Levy or or, or Kfar Etzion. I love that area. It's, rootsy. it's very yeah. rootsy. Yeah, it is. So it
2: good. Is. And like Mamish people living in the land, yeah. you know, it's like it's just the Torah of the land, of living yeah. in the land and being, and, you know, like the Torah of the spies. The spies, before Amisrael was supposed to go into the land of Israel, so the spies say, And everybody's like freaking out. Oh my gosh, the land's going to chew us up. But here's another food Torah. The spies, although their message was a bit misconstrued, it's not a lie what they said. It is a land that eats the people who live here. But what happens when you eat something, you're, you're, you're taking something in from the outside, breaking it down into its component parts, and resynthesizing it in a way where, it's, where it becomes something much bigger. A part, it's a part of something much bigger than it originally started from. And yeah, like when I'm getting chewed and crushed and ground down into pieces, it's not so simple. But when I know that it's to become part of something much greater than I myself, my little small self am, I'm a part of something much greater. It's so beautiful to be a part of something more. So Eretz you're right. It's a land that devours its inhabitants. But what's the curse? What's the alternative? It's a land that spits you out, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, digestion is something that's good for us. It helps us integrate and synthesize. It's very important. I
0: love that. That is beautiful.
1: You asked a question though about what it's like to have bonus kids.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's 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 beautiful. Yeah, really. It's it's one day at a time.
0: Yeah. A little back, a little history. I'm one of eight kids. Oh, wow. wow. So, uh, and, and then we have some step siblings. We didn't live together with the step siblings, but I understand what it's like being part of a larger family.
1: Uh-huh. I'm one of five kids. Yeah. It's, it's not eight. I mean, now I yeah. get eight, but wow. Yeah. I mean, call that a vote to parents that have so many kids. For real. And if fraught, I actually, I didn't even feel like I have a lot of kids because people here have nine kids. true. Yeah, it's true.
2: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Can I ask yeah. you a question? Yeah. So we have to get back to the bonus kids though okay we will get back okay. to the bonus kids uh, you were saying before we, as we were setting up that you just wanted to be an abba yeah w- where did that come from that desire just to want to be an abba what what is that
0: I mean, like I said like well when you're one of eight kids um you may not necessarily get the attention that you would you know that would you would want as a child, you know and um yeah, it was hard for me in my childhood. I felt like, you know, I felt like I was lacking a little bit. So I feel like, I feel like this is my tikkun. My tikkun is to like is to be that abba. And I'm not just doing it for my kids. I'm I'm really doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, every time that I'm loving towards one of my child and and I feel their pain and and or I just like really listen to them when when something's going on and. I don't have the answer, but I'm just kind of like listening to them. I, I, I'm doing that for myself, mm. you know, in a way. Mm. Obviously, I'm doing it for them, too. Mm. Love them with all my heart. <laughs> um, but I'm doing it for myself, and it's a tikkun, and it's so rewarding. Mm. It's so extremely rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed to have a situation where I'm around my family all the time. I work in my house. So for better or for worse, they come in and out, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really nice. I get to be there for my kids, yeah. and... Honestly, I'm scared because I just hope that I can live up to saying that I want – that I'm an Abba, that I want to be an Abba because I don't – I know what a nine seven three and 15-month-year-old are, right? But I have no idea what happens when they become 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, when they get married, when they go through their own trials and tribulations and they have their own children, you know? just God give me the give me give me give me the strength <laughs> give me the the wisdom to to know what to do and how to handle it but that's I you know, that's that's I yeah I I would love to be an ABBA. I would love to be an aba
2: Abba. <laughs> so yeah.
0: we're Adi running out of time bonus. I want yeah, yeah I want to get back to the bonus kids a little bit and and we'll and we'll wrap up because I know that uh we all have to get to our our lovely children right. <laughs>
1: Yeah I would just say I think that you just nailed it really what you're talking about is it's giving the kids attention and that's what I really realize is just um, parents we do the best we can to give all of our kids attention and we all know now that we're older what we were lacking what our parents didn't give us and so that's what we're trying to give to our kids and I having a family was the most important it is the most important thing to me and family comes first no matter what so right right now these bonus kids I said when I married Pesach it's like I won the lottery I got one guy but I actually got (laughs) one guy and six kids yeah Yeah, I call it my insta family and my bonus kids that um you know they call me mom their mama actually told them to call me mom so there it's it's a beautiful story it's um you know it's all got its its ups and downs um But my goal is just really to spend a little bit of quality time with each of the kids and to really find something that they like to do, even if I don't like to do it, and tune into that for like 10 minutes if I can, if it's more great. But they all, they all, you know, the second I come down, it's like my little ducklings. And so just as, as the two, as these years are going, you know, we've only been married for two years, but having two babies in that time has really brought us all together, sure. like seeing how they interact. I always wanted a lot of kids. And so now it's like amazing to have babies with older siblings because right. that, that's such an instant thing that most families don't that's get true. the blessing of. And I, I feel so blessed when I see my seven-year-old being like a little mommy to, to a that's baby. Great and the six-year-old also and just all the kids It's, it's just really beautiful and I bless all parents that we should have the space to give each kid just a few minutes a day that's just where we look them in their eyes and say how are you today what's what's sitting on your heart and um is there anything I can help you with today and if we have those two or three minutes then even if we can't complete the whole circle right there it's just it's connection and all kids crave is connection and I think that as we connect with them at adults, these ages.
0: Crave it too, we right? all crave it. It's <laughs> yeah. all
1: what life is about is connecting and yeah. I just think that if we give them that time now then when they are older 13, 14, 15, when they're out of the house, they'll rem- if we connect now, then yeah. they'll continue to connect and and you'll really embody that abba-ness that you so desire. How do you get them to put the fork down? <laughs> um a challenge, make it a challenge or okay. offer a prize. Okay. Yeah. Well, or point
2: it out. Point it out when they do it. When they actually yeah. do it. Catch yeah. them being it's good. That, yeah, catch them. Be, yeah, be yeah.
0: Duke. yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 reward them or show them new appreciation for that.
1: Yeah, and kids love challenges though. Let's see who can chew their food the most this meal. Right. You know well, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Dinner's good. over at seven though. You have to set a time limit. Otherwise, like you know, it'll go towards bedtime. Sure. They're still chewing. Sure. But you said. Oh, but we did it. We're doing it. We're still, we're doing, still it. doing it. Yeah. There's
0: like not even a morsel left in <laughs> uh-huh.
1: the Yeah. Right. Well, that's the point. We want to drink our food and chew our drinks. Drink like, our food. Say it again. We want to drink our food <laughs> yeah. and chew our drinks. So, even smoothies, we want to eat it with a spoon and chew it even though it's already blended. Like there's so many I was the chef right when I came to Israel. I was the chef at Meitzpel Umot. Yeah. It's a raw food cleansing wellness center in northern Israel. Okay. So I specialized in in making healing diets for people. Yeah. I'm not a nutritionist. Yeah. Um, but based on a food level, it's about I know all these different tricks and and that's one of the things that I learned there. Sweet. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Wow, guys I'm so happy that we got to sit down and spend some time and learn a little bit about each other and get to know each other. You really are beautiful people. You have a beautiful family. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank, Thank
1: you. you for
2: having us. Also, I just want to say one last thing that I think is important. You know, it's, if it's possible that we live in a world where there's violence and like people that don't even know each other are, are, are hurting each other, then we should be able to live in a world that should be possible that we can live in a world where people can just go up to each other and say hi you know i'm your brother and si- i'm your brother i'm your sister and i see that in what you're doing and by creating this 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 podcast these interviews getting to know people it brings so much humanity back to the interactions of our day-to-day lives so ashreha and ashrenu that we get to uh, share more of our stories and it should continue and uh that's it's really a- sweet. A-
0: thank you, thank you so If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. We're on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. And like and share. And thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day.
1: Bye. If you want to like me on Instagram, too, it's at Chef Rara. (laughs) Thanks, guys.